1: Welcome to Montana's Peer Network Recovery Talks Podcast. I'm Jim Haney, and I want to welcome the listeners to another episode uh, where we're talking about the 10 guiding principles of recovery. And today, uh, I'm going to be here with my two guests, and we're talking about uh, the role that culture plays in recovery. So, uh, introduce yourselves. My name is Bill Diebel, recovery coach with Montana's Peer Network.
0: And I'm Ashley McLean, the Recovery Coach Supervisor for Montana's Peer Network.
1: And so if you have been listening to the past uh, podcast, depending on sort of what order you're going in, we're going through the 10 guiding principles of recovery, SAMHSA's 10 guiding principles. And we're just working our way through and, uh, you know, we're just sharing our thoughts and feelings about it, our experiences, and hopefully you as the listener get something out of it. And today we're going to talk about culture.
0: Yeah. We were kind of talking before this podcast about, you know, the traditional idea of culture, right? And I think it goes to like ethnicity and that kind of thing, but it's, it right. is so much bigger than that. Like it's, yes. it's so much bigger than that. And it, and I think it starts for each individual young, right? Yeah. We're raised yeah. in this culture of our family, right? Right,
1: right, right, right. Your family. You know, your, your partner, uh, you get married, you have yep. kids. I mean, you have your new family, like, you know, right? You have yeah. your, your more immediate family, but you have your bigger family. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And I, and I think that, you know, for a lot of people, I think when you say culture, they think about ethnicity, mm-hmm. that it's only about ethnicity. But we're talking about cultures, subcultures, which can include, you know, hobbies, your extracurricular yeah. stuff.
0: So many things
1: social media, family right? dynamics, family dy- dynamics for sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's so much more to it. I mean, you might be involved in different groups, and when you're unhealthy, if you are involved with groups, they're probably unhealthy groups, yes, right. when you right, like <laughs> absolutely, it, it's kind of it's like the birds of a feather thing, you Flock know, together, right? Yes. So Whatever it is you're doing, if you're really unhealthy, you're probably around, you know, if you're going to the bar culture, there's one. Oh, the bar culture. People who go to bars or clubs, like there's a whole culture there and there's a whole thing to that. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the recovery side, but that's an example of you might be a part of a culture and you might not realize that that's even what it is. And I I know in the PS101 class, I always share this, like If you're not sure, just think about whatever it is. So, like, you know, does it have its own lingo? Do people who aren't a part of that culture, would they understand a conversation taking place?
0: Right. So, like, if I said, keep it simple, stupid... Yeah. to somebody walking down the street, right, they probably are not gonna get that reference. They're like,
1: why'd you call me stupid? Why'd you
0: call me stupid? <laughs> right. And in my culture, right, people who are also involved in my culture, if I say that they absolutely know, know what, what I'm talking means. about. Exactly, yep.
1: exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, so I think uh, for the listener to sort of adjust the lens so they understand we're not talking about ethnicity. No. About all these other cultures that we're a part of, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You know, one of
2: the things that I'm, I, I always am, not amazed but surprised sometimes about how these ten guiding principles intermix with one another, mm-hmm. and and if we think about culture and subcultures, it's it's no surprise that there's many pathways to. Come recovery based on just culture itself yeah yeah um and so you know it's just kind of neat to think about how some of these intermingle and and kind of start to make more sense than pigeonholing someone into a certain type of recovery or assuming that they're in one type of culture or Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. and being able to be open and allow that person's culture to come out um, Mm -hmm. and be able to support them the best Mm -hmm. way that you can.
1: Mm -hmm. Well said, well said. Yeah, Yeah. it it makes me think about uh, the one, the peers and allies one. So allies can be found in subcultures. Absolutely. You know, if they're healthy, if the group is, you know, healthy, right? I mean, you can get involved with a... A yoga group or a running group, yeah, right, yeah, uh, you know, and they're people who are already into being healthy, right, 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 and it's not recovery per se, but it's health and wellness, and
0: it's promoting your own personal recovery, yeah. right, by, yeah. by getting involved in those kind of different subcultures. Like, I remember volunteering for Our Lady of the Rockies in Butte, right, and oh, you did. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, the culture was. A lot older mm-hmm. than me, but mm-hmm. I I adapted to their culture, and mm-hmm. it also helped promote my own personal recovery. Right, because mm-hmm. I'm I'm doing something that is um, positive mm-hmm. and being of service and mm-hmm. volunteering my time, and and mm-hmm. it was a cool culture. I go back every year and make pasties with those women. Really? Yeah, it's really cool. Oh, that's yeah,
2: great. <laughs> potato cutting and onion yeah. cutting and <laughs> oh, all sorts of stuff. That's pretty and it's, cool. It's yeah. own little deal. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, the other thing that that I think about for myself with culture is the, in my family structure of, um, you know, when I first got into recovery, I mean, there wasn't this openness about it. There wasn't this openness about having these conversations about having mental health issues Mm -hmm. or substance use issues, or it, it didn't exist. And it really alienated me. It made me feel even more separated from the family. But then, you know, as time goes on, you find out, oh, uncle this had this diagnosis or your cousin over here. You know, yeah. but you sh- sh- don't, don't, don't. Yeah, don't
0: talk about don't, it. Don't
1: talk about that. You know, where it's like, well, why didn't you tell me? Like, that would have been good information to know, like, one, from a genetic standpoint, but also to be able to connect Yeah. with the person that maybe you have another person in your family who's in recovery or has had similar experiences. But that was not... The way my family, there was a lot of denial. And so that's a whole nother, that's the culture within my family dynamics was not very supported. And I didn't feel welcomed and, um, you know, encouraged to be on that sort of pathway. Pursue, Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Good. That's a good word. right? Yeah. But.
0: I feel like, you know, in my, my own personal family culture that we um, like, I'm the one that broke the cycle. Right. But mm. like, when I think about it, I'm really not the one that broke the cycle. Like my, my dad broke the cycle of, of that family's culture of, of sickness. Right. It, we had a culture of sickness mm. in our family and my dad, my dad for our side Kind of broke that and um like so me growing up my my family culture was not one of my parents like drinking socially like i never mm-hmm. saw that kind of thing mm-hmm. happening when i was a kid and so when i went on and i explored my own subcultures in a non-recovery world mm-hmm. i was like oh my gosh i'm i'm betraying my family but you know i think about it like oh i'm gonna break the cycle with my daughter and it's like. No, I'm just getting back to my roots, right? I'm getting back to my family's culture of, like, this is what, how I was taught, you know. And I lost sight of that. But my daughter has that same thing right now, as she doesn't know what it's like to see her part, her parents party or right. go out drinking, right. not be able to drive, or you know those That's kind not of things.
1: Part of her life. It's not
0: part of her life. Yeah. And so when she sees that with other people, it's kind of like shock and awe I'll for bet. her, bet. right? Yeah.
1: yeah, 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 yeah. I I think it's really important. I think each person, you know, in their own recovery, you know, when when you're ready, I think you have to examine your culture because there's also that social part too. Yep. And your friends and the people you hang around. Absolutely. And that, you know, <clears throat> that was a big one, like letting go of that culture of on the weekends going to party or a bar or, you know what I mean? And there was always drinking. That was always part of it. Yeah. And, and, you know, and you try to hang on to that because you're part of this culture. You're accepted. You're, you mm. know, right? And I think every person really does. I, I had to do it. And I think it's healthy to look at it to say, is this subculture I'm a part of actually benefiting me Right. in my new recovery life? <laughs> you know there's another thing about culture that that
2: I've I've had a a vision towards and and that is is changing a culture mm. meaning meaning that you know it'd be my vision for for the community that I lived in for someone notices someone in the family starting to deal with some sort of mental Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. condition that's beyond their scope. Right. And instead of sweeping it under the carpet, Mm -hmm. they're automatically drawn to the individual and know where this person needs to go to get Mm -hmm. help. Mm -hmm. Same with substance abuse. We don't... Aunt Martha, she can't come to the family reunion. She's going to make a scene. We're just going to not invite her and not let her know about it. No. Instead... Aunt Martha needs some help. Yeah. There's three treatment centers. Yeah. Maybe we can get her some outpatient. Yeah. Let's come together as a family and and support this individual. And and it just doesn't have to happen at the family. It it needs to happen at, like you were saying um you know with when we were talking previously about the friend. Yeah. yeah that yeah. knew yeah. that yeah. instead of not saying anything, they're like, you know, they have that tough conversation and they say Look, I, I'm noticing some things that are unhealthy and you're you're headed down a road yeah. that's destructive. Yeah. yeah, we need to address this. Yeah. yeah. And and have that open culture of of acceptance of where people are at and get them the help they need pre their life totally falling apart where jails and institutions are involved. Right. Yeah. I think Um, like we
0: can shape our culture. That's kind of what I hear you saying is just like shaping the culture within our own lives. You know what I mean? Mm. We don't have to fall into these status quo of what culture we come from Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. how this is supposed to be. Like it makes me think about um, like – Now that I'm in recovery, like when I wasn't in recovery, like I didn't live, like I existed and I isolated and Mm -hmm. I just was by myself and, um, and alone. And now that I'm in recovery, like I found this culture of concerts, right? Like I Mm -hmm. love to go to concerts Mm -hmm. and my life and concert life sometimes are at odds with each other right right? because
1: that's a place where typically yes lots of drinking right and And they're at
0: odds and so like i get to shape my own culture of sober concert going, you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like that is so Mm -hmm. much fun Mm -hmm. and we enjoy ourselves Mm -hmm. and we're louder than the drunk people Mm -hmm. and like so um Mm -hmm. you know i get to shape that and it doesn't mean that um because i'm in recovery i don't i can't experience these other cultures that maybe early recovery would have been triggering but where i'm at in my recovery today aren't that's great right
1: that's like weddings Yep. Yeah. Mm. There's a culture of drinking at weddings, yep. funerals, yep. right? Yep. Everybody just... It's all about drinking. I remember early in recovery, I had a really hard time going to weddings. And that was very, very challenging for me. And it didn't make me want to drink. It was... I couldn't stand the behavior. Yeah. I couldn't stand <laughs> the people yeah. getting so intoxicated. We haven't even eaten dinner yet, you know? And I'm thinking, you know... And, and now, you know, 20 years later... I can go and I'm and I'm better but I don't I know I don't need to stay right. late yeah. or, right you know yeah. right there's a time when things sort of shift a little bit yeah. right and uh, yeah so it's like okay it's time to go um, but I also notice I don't have people in my life who get married who have those kinds of weddings anymore either so that's the other shift that's happened the people mm-hmm. I do know if there's if there is drinking it's, it's minimal, Mm -hmm. it's responsible, it's, you know, not, hey, we're having the reception so we can all get blasted, (laughs) you know, right, (laughs) like, yeah, so I think that's a huge part of it, and all of that is really part of the culture conversation, because in recovery, it's led me to be a part of, like, the hiking community, like, being a part of hiking, and that's one that's not traditionally associated with substance use or... Right, like, uh, and so that's it's cool because recovery's given me that it's allowed me to be a part Mm -hmm. of something totally different, you know, that has nothing to do with substances or,
0: or yeah,
1: yeah, connecting with nature. And so, I mean, I I, again, again, I really encourage people to examine that for themselves, their own internal culture. And, and man, there's so many good things when you're in recovery that you get to be a part of. Probably, I think I wouldn't be a part of if I wasn't.
0: I, I agree, I agree. We
2: miss out a lo- out on a lot when when we don't examine some of those
0: things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Like, and so, I think it all comes down to like one of those basic principles of recovery is just hap- having an open mind, right, to all of these different things, and like it's your choice and your voice and what mm-hmm. works for you, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, and the societal thing. I mean, I heard that in both know what both of you were sort of sharing i mean there's a societal part and bill you were kind of honing in on that like changing that Mm -hmm. societal way we approach mental health issues and embracing it and you know and it brings me back to the if you said you had cancer how does a person treat you versus you say you know i have have schizophrenia yeah yeah i mean the, the reactions are Completely different in yeah. most people. Yeah. In most people. I mean, if you're a peer supporter, it's different. But the average person, you know, you're probably getting a hug. Yeah. For, yeah. For cancer. Yeah. <laughs>
0: probably... I, I know I went to, I just got back from a vacation and one of my friends, and he's a black man, and he and I were having a conversation and I broadcast a culture of recovery in my life. Like anybody who knows me knows that about me. Yeah, that very I, I'm about very it. open about that culture in my life. And so he came to me and he's like, you know, I just got recently got put on anxiety medicine and I don't feel like I have anybody that I could talk to about it because in black culture and a man on top of that mm-hmm. you don't talk about that kind of stuff right mm-hmm. you don't talk about mm-hmm. anxiety you man up you pull yourself up right. by the bootstraps right. and right. you know and it's like that is something that i think we do need to change is being mm-hmm. able to talk about it no matter what race creed religion sex whatever right. it is that right. you right. are that you know when you're struggling that you have somebody that you can talk to and there's no shame associated with it yeah mm-hmm.
1: yeah I've met my share of uh you know, and I don't know if it's if it's you know just as you get older, I mean, I don't know, but you know there's a lot of guys I think, macho kind of guys like the Montana kind of mm-hmm. thing with you know hunting and I drive a truck, and you know like I don't have any mental health issues, but you know you spend some time with them <laughs> visiting and you're like you know you're thinking yeah there might be something there and you know and so yeah i my approach is a little different i guess i'm not i'm not as open as you until the conversation comes around to it yeah so it usually happens through like what do you do for a living yep right so you sort of tell them and then if they're open to it you'll know because they'll start asking you more questions yeah if they're not it gets shut down, right, Bill? Like, yeah. like the conversation sort of ends right there. <laughs> you know. Oh, so, yep, not
0: gonna yeah, look at that. <laughs> yeah. So if they are open to
1: it, then I take advantage of that and try to, you know, um, yeah. talk about it and 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 be and I am open about it then. But yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, and it's just uh, you know being a guy and that whole you know the hunting, fishing, culture. A lot of that revolves around, yeah, alcohol. I mean, today I'm super comfortable, so I can say no, yeah. I'm in recovery, or yeah. y- you know, right. And I'm not. I'm okay if somebody's drinking, or you know.
2: I keep on thinking about the trying to make a cultural change, and it takes a lot of time.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah,
2: like a generation, at of least time, at least where where we talk about it now and then our kids talk about it and then maybe even our kids get to deal with it and actually implement it mm. because they see it mm-hmm. yeah and then you know yeah. um, but it just doesn't have it do- it just doesn't happen overnight right um, And that's why I think peer support is so relevant to recovery because we are people with lived experience that, you know, you spot it, you got it, yeah. Type deal where we yeah. can where we can be have empathy and sympathy and and actually make a difference if the person's willing
1: to move forward. For sure, absolutely. I think back when I first got in recovery in the '90s, you didn't see anything on television, movies. There was nothing about recovery, and today. Like, vast majority of television shows have someone in recovery. Movies, people with a mental health diagnoses. I mean, it's pretty common. I mean, there definitely has been a shift. I would say, I agree with what you're saying. Although, I think it takes even longer. I think it's more than one generation. I think it actually is like two generations. Because I think back, I mean, I've been in recovery 20-some years. I mean, there was nothing. I mean, it was... You know, and I, and I remember the first time I heard um, it was on uh television show, Blue Bloods.
0: Oh, I know. Yeah, that show. And. Yeah.
1: And they, there was, a, you know, they were looking for somebody, It was, you know, had a substance use issue and, hey, we can go down to the center and talk to his uh, peer supporter. And I about fell off the couch, you know, I went, <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> and, and they went to the center and they talked to the peer supporter, you know, like. Now, there'd be some HIPAA violations yeah. with that, right? <laughs> but, you know, for the show, for them to work that into the show, yeah, to make that mainstream, wow, it was like, whoa, like, that's really, talk about progress, like, you know.
0: Well, I think, um, you know, in light of uh, our world and and the cultural shift that's happening within our wor- world right now, like, I, I heard something the other night, and it was... Um, About, you know, just like the culture of police, right? You have this culture of police and and there is a whole culture Mm -hmm. of that life, Mm -hmm. right? And and there was this person's um, opinion, right? But I, I share in this opinion that to make that more effective... And we need to have more supportive roles, right? Mm-hmm. And and it was like this national platform saying, we need to basically have peer supporters.
1: Right. Right. Right.
0: And I thought that was right. cool because that's like a, that's a huge cultural shift. It, it's going to take time.
1: It's yeah. It's going to take time. For sure. For sure. I mean, that's something, <clears throat> you know, uh, Montana's peer network. I mean, we've been promoting this for a while through pilot projects and going into communities and, Getting peer supporters out in the community, working with people, mm-hmm. showing that that's effective, and um, yeah, that's a great point. I mean, that's a whole other cultural shift, and yep. um, <clears throat> the policing and how we view these things. And you know, I I've never um, y- you know I, I've never understood the approach to mental health, the way society. Mm-hmm has sort of put it on the on the backs of law enforcement when we don't view other other ailments the same way. I mean, we call an EMT. Right. We call 911 and they send an ambulance. Yeah. You're having a medical issue. If if I'm if I'm if I'm in psychosis and I'm talking to myself on a street corner, why why does that fall under criminal right. activity right. instead of health right like you know, and I know we're, we're maybe slipping a little bit yeah. out of the cultural thing, but, but, but this is. The point being, there is a stir that is happening right now that we, MPN, I mean, we've been promoting this for a long time, but there is a stir that's sort of happening at a bigger level mm-hmm. to say, wait, we do need to address this a little bit. Um, and I know there's some efforts here in Montana yeah. to tie in EMTs and, and peer support work, um, which always has made more sense to me. I don't, you know, I've never really understood the law enforcement piece. It's like, they're the default or something. It's like, right. You know?
0: Yeah. And I think, I don't know, we just, we are the advocates. We are the, um, yeah. the people in recovery who, uh, Need to move that cultural shift forward.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and we need and we need mainstream society to yes. move because that's what's really going to move the needle. That's that that's what's going to make the generational right. shift. It's not just us in recovery because we we've been saying it for a long time. Yes, right. And so, we're
0: I mean it, it, I think it kind of goes to your point of you know we were quiet about it for so long, right? As a whole, we were quiet about it, that, and now we're we're coming yep. out of the shadows yes. and we're saying we're not going to be quiet about it anymore right. and I'm right. proud to be a person in recovery yeah. and yeah. and I don't care how you look at me because yeah. this is who yeah. I am you know yeah
1: yeah yeah. Um, yeah yeah you and I have talked about that many times and I, I share that in the class a lot of times we get on that conversation of the recovery community the, the culture of, of recovery for many many decades was in the shadows and I, I share this story about the first AA meeting that I went to was down an alley in the back of the building, right? So, you know, you have a storefront in the front, but then it's in the back. Okay, so as a kid growing up in the city, my grandparents taught me, you don't walk down alleys, Jimmy. You don't go down there. There's danger down the alley. But now I'm, I'm supposed to go there for help. I'm supposed <laughs> to walk down this dark alley into some, you know, doorway, some dingy doorway, yeah. you know, for help. And it's against what you've been, right? But now, today, you look at MPN. I mean, our office, we have big glass windows. We're almost on Main Street. We're one store right. from Main Street. We're front and center. And I know there's a lot of other recovery organizations. And that's part of that shift. Yep that's been happening for a long time where it's much more acceptable you walk past our door and we always have literature in the window about mental health substance use you know and trauma suicide prevention those kinds of things and people stop and read it it's amazing how many people will stop and read the literature um and that's part of that shift yep i don't know that 20 years ago mpn could have an office here one block off Main Street, I don't know if it would have been allowed. I think somebody might have come by and said, you can't be here. I mean, You're going to drive business away or yeah, something. Yeah, you know? exactly. We don't yeah. want people like that here or whatever, right? right? Yeah. Like, I think that might have happened. Yeah,
0: and I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful about the cultural shifts that are happening personally and societally and all that stuff. Like, I'm I'm really hopeful about it. I, I know a lot of companies are also now recognizing the culture of people who struggle or Mm -hmm. who suffer Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and um allowing a culture of wellness within the workplace also so that's something that is really promising
1: yeah for sure for sure well this has been a really great conversation about culture and the role that it plays in recovery uh i think it's uh it's good and it's so dynamic i think when I think about all, all of the guiding principles, this is one that's like got many, many layers to yes. it, right? Because we're all a part of so many different cultures, and so uh, good conversation. Thank you so much. Yeah. And uh, the Thank listener, you. please, yeah. please tune tune back in as we make our way through the ten guiding principles.
0: Thank you. Bye. See you next time.
2: Recovery works, and recovery is possible.